Today is the first day of our revival of St. Mary's Fast. And uh, we have a very exciting program happening for the, the, the next week and a half. Every day we'll be discussing certain parts of the Proverbs. So each day has a special a group of three or four proverbs, and we have uh, all the different uh, uh, good guest speaker lists coming tonight. We have we're very blessed to have uh, Dr. Atif Mawood, and uh, so we're very blessed to have him. And uh, I don't know which proverbs he's speaking about in front of me, but you'll find out which proverbs he's speaking about very shortly. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Um, I'm very happy to be the first one, so at least you cannot compare me with anybody in case I, I uh, don't talk in the language that you want. But anyway, I'm going to speak in English because I see and I'm very happy to see a lot of young people. Uh, I, I must say that although you think there are not so many, but to me there are so many because I know most of them, they are very good servants, and I enjoyed their presence with me in Africa, and not only men, but also the ladies there, and I'm very happy to see them here, and to share the word of God with them. I have been given the proverb for tonight, and I'm going to speak in English, but please bear with me, because at the end I will summarize everything in Arabic again, so that it will not uh, be un, uh, unintelligible to anybody. Although I know that everyone knows English very well. The parable that I, the three parables that I have to speak about today are one, that's number one, and then two and three, I combine them together. So the subject is made in two parts. The first one, it says, he who spares his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him promptly. طبعاً أنتوا عارفين إنه بالعربي يعني من يمنع عصاه يمقت ابنه ومن أحبه يطلب التأديب. I think that uh, if we try to translate this which is written by Solomon. Uh, some 3,000 years ago, I think that when we talk about the rod, spares the rod, the rod means discipline. And I now see why the program was made this way this year, so that we can tackle problems in the families and in our community as we go on every night. So tonight, really, half of the subject will be discipline. And the rod does not mean you get a stick and start beating up the person. This is not 
re- neither realistic nor edifying. It means you discipline him. There are so many ways of discipline without hurting anybody. And the, the discipline is lacking in our Eastern culture. And the unfortunate thing that we see when we come to the West, at least long time ago, maybe it's changed now, there was discipline. There is discipline. You cannot really say to your boss, I'm really uh, was uh, uh, slept a little late last night, and that's why I'm coming at 9.30 instead of 8 o'clock. Doesn't cut it, you see, and you don't have somebody to sign for you at eight o'clock. We are accustomed in somehow to say to things that are not disciplined. Let it go, let it go, and this is some sickness in the society that is hampering the society from going anywhere. And it is not a Christian or a biblical uh, commandment. But yet, we always try to get away from the discipline. And tonight, for the few minutes I have to talk about discipline, I've talked about it so many times. It is not difficult. Discipline is not difficult. And we lack it in our families. And we say the children don't obey. The teenagers don't even bother what I'm saying. Even the spouses with each other, they don't follow each other's uh, desires. And why is that discipline is lacking? I must tell you that when you notice in the families that did very well, they have made a very good relationship between the parents and the kids at very early age. Don't try to give orders and things in the first three years of life. Try your best to let go, but give them love. Give them love. Be with them all the time. Let them feel the warmth of your fatherhood or motherhood. This is what the kid needs, a big, strong bond in the first few years of life. And this is the basis of the pyramid. Without this bond of fellowship and love and protection, the kid will not hear you. As you give the orders later on in life, all will be difficult to make your orders stick. You see, what I notice these days, especially in the land of immigration, that everybody is worried of how much money they can make. And the result is... The the dad does not see the son or the daughter enough, and so is the mother. Everybody is worried about the money. 
Well, it's important to have money. But please, we must, as Christian families, put our priorities right. Do everything possible in order to spend as much time as possible with your children, especially in the first few years of life. Not nagging all the time. Nagging doesn't make anybody happy. No. Singing with the kid. Telling them a story. Helping them play. Play with them, you see. And later on, when they grow up, you go and attend their baseball games. You go and attend the pleasurable things that they go through. You go and celebrate with them every good occasion they have been proud of. You be part of their life. Believe me, if we, the parents, are part of our children's lives, they are going to obey everything you said. Not during teenage years. Not everything. A little bit. You see, a problem that the love that Jesus gave to the children, huh? We did not understand it. Even the disciples. No, 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 let them go. Don't bother him. He is, he is uh, mindful of many important things. He said, wait, wait, wait a minute. Let these little children come to me. And then he said something very nice. He said that their, their, Listen to this word. Their angels see the face of my Father in heaven. You see how much privilege we have to have our children. You see? And when they come to us, they are very innocent, they're very small, and they need our love. Now... This all I'm talking about love, but that's the base of the pyramid. You go a little later in life, as soon as they start really reasoning with you, you have to teach them discipline. Discipline is uh, a science, is an art, is easy, it is not difficult, it comes spontaneous for those who try to think about it logically. Number one, when you give a command or an order, please be consistent. I'll give you examples as I go on. Nobody of the deacons is going to wear the tonia with them unless he attends the uh, absolution of the servants. This is a command, right? The first week after the command, the deacons will do that. Then they test. This is, this is a human nature. It has nothing to do with good or bad. They test the seriousness of that command to see if the discipline is really, they mean it. Hmm? So, they come a little later. And they come to Abuna. Please, Abuna, 
سمحت اتاخرت مش عارف ايه حصل ايه بتاع ذا مينت ذا مينت وي بريك ذات ديسيبلين باي ليتنج جو ذاتس ذا بيجينينج اوف ذا كايوس اند ذاتس ا بروبلم ان اور هومز You say to the to child, if you don't do your homework by, say, seven o'clock, you cannot play with whatever things that he likes to do. Then he doesn't. What do you do? What do you do? معلش آخر مرة. This is the last time. أنا بكرة بقى خلاص ما انتهيت from. The minute, the first minute you broke your promise, it's a promise. You promise them that if they don't do this, you don't, if they do that, you give them that. You see, you have to be truthful. And they have to understand that the parents are truthful. Discipline, in discipline, you must be consistent. You must be consistent. And that's the first most important thing. Second thing is you must be reasonable. You must be reasonable. You don't tell somebody you go I want you to do this and do this and do this and pray for you're not being very good pray for 20 minutes and you be reasonable. When you do things look at whom you're talking to and be reasonable so that your word will stick, you see? Consistency Being reasonable, one command at, at a time. Don't try to give so many commands at the same time. Because that causes confusion. And by the way, if you do all this, guess what? The child is going to feel safe. And that's the most important thing. Because he can predict what's going to happen. And if he tests you, find you that you are resolute. This is not, doesn't mean that you are punishing or raising your voice or do, no, you do this totally quiet without getting emotional. The kid, I hate you. I don't like you. Don't engage in trying to know why do you say that and all that. No, just ignore, ignore, ignore. Because he loves you, he doesn't hate you. He's just frustrated and he's trying to get to you. And the most important thing is, you be quiet, you smile, and you say, please finish what I've told you. This is, this is instead of العصايه وضرب وروح وبانشمنت كل ده ما بينفعش. اللي بينفع مش الخوف. No. We make a covenant with our children And we then get them to do what we have asked them to do. And we are happy and they are happy. And if they don't do it, you stop them from something they love. And if they continue to be good, you give them some reward. It's not punishment or anything like that. It is discipline. Called discipline. You don't punish people because you love them. You love your children. You don't punish them. There is no room for punishment. There is room for discipline, not punishment. They should understand this from the beginning. And you have to explain exactly 
What happens when they do your command and what happens when they don't do it? Okay? So, what did we say now? We said that one command at a time, we must be consistent. Okay? And we must also have safety in the home. Rules must be definable, as I said. And you give them something that they can do. If you do this, then you start letting go. Because now, as as we said, get the kid to be disciplined early in life, later on he follows a rule. He doesn't know any different because he was raised in a safe house that doesn't have too much yelling and screaming, not too many punishments, but there is discipline. Everybody knows exactly where he or she stands. And when they grow up to the teenage years, which we all think that is difficult, no, it is not. You give them freedom. I'm glad that we are speaking in the, uh, in the revival of St. Mary. Because St. Mary did that. You know that? St. Mary was a very wise mother. She and Joseph. You remember at the age of 12, when they went to Jerusalem, because that's uh, the age where they, the, the boys, first time they come to the uh, celebrate in the uh, temple. And they were returning. They're returning. You know, the, the, from Nazareth to Jerusalem is about a hundred miles or eighty miles. And so, you know, to walk it or to go in a donkey or something like that, and they were walking. It takes few days. So they left. And they thought that Jesus was with his friends. Aha. Uh-huh. They trusted him. You tell me that Jesus Christ himself, why can't she trust him? Now this is a mother. A mother's heart is the same. When your kids grow up a little bit, give them freedom. Give them freedom. And then she discussed with him. She was annoyed. She and Joseph was annoyed because a day passed and they don't see him and they thought that he's with the friends and then they came back and found him doing uh, discussions in spiritual things with the uh, people of God. And he said, well, you, you really don't understand. I must do the things of my father, you see, the things of my father. And that brings us to the two next parables that Abuna is giving me. What is the uh, next parable? Next parable, it says, <clears throat> Be diligent to know the state of your flocks and attend to your herds. And then the, the next uh, parable is, They train up a child in the way he should be. Not the way you should be. Hmm? In the way he should be. And uh, he should go. And when he is old, 
he will not depart from it. So, in essence, what I'm saying is, as the child grows, فمصر بيقولوا إن كبر ابنك إيه خويه خويه. We always think of our children as still children. You know, they try to become adults. They try to think for themselves. They try to become their own. They have their own personality. And you noticed in the parable it says, train the child in the way he should go, not you the father should go. How many children we have pushed them so hard to do the things we want to do. Yes, I wanted to be a doctor. And that's why and I must make my son a doctor. Why? Is this the way he should go? How do you know that? If he is, he loves that and he understands and he wants to do that, fine, you can encourage him, yes. But don't, don't push the children against their will for anything that is really causing them frustration. You should give freedom gradually. As you go on and as you trust the children, give them freedom. Because they are new human beings and you will find out that they can do wonders. They do miracles. They are great, you see. Here is Jesus. He said to his mother, you don't really know what I'm here for. You see, even in Jesus' family, huh? When the kid grow up, they weren't sure what he gonna do. But what did she do? She let him with his friends. Huh? She was not tightening the, uh, the uh, rope around him all the time. No. And of course, what a great uh, responsibility for a mother to have Jesus Christ as her son. This is something no one can understand and no one can imagine. And it took someone who is so humble and so loving and doesn't consider him herself anything but the servant of the Lord, the maid of the Lord, huh? to be able to do this. But she is a great example for us how we can be loving, quiet, able to take any uh, difficulties for our children. Discipline does not mean that we make all kinds of havoc at home. No. As a matter of fact, homes that are disciplined are quiet. If you find somebody yelling too much and all this, ask where which home he came from. You will find out that definitely that home, they were all loud voices and yelling at each other and doing all that. This is nothing uh, that takes, takes a genius to understand. 
Nothing comes from nothing. Everything has a root. And if we read the Bible, we find out that all this is there. You must know, what does it say here in the, in the parable? It says, be diligent to know the state of your flocks and attend to your herds. This also goes for the spouses. Those of you who are married, those of you who are getting married, or those of you who have sisters or brothers. You study your loved ones. You study them to see what makes them happy. Not what makes them uh, angry. No. What makes them happy. For example, and this you hear it many times, we give it to the people, uh, the spouses, uh, uh, the engaged couples before they become uh, husband and wife, we give them these classes, the five languages of love, you see. Why we say that? Well, because every one of us loves to be loved, you see, and there are many languages. But there is one or two languages that affects me more than the next door person. Why? Because you are all unique. For example, a woman loves gifts. Loves the gifts. And you then don't give her gifts, but give her all kinds of other loves. It's not... How do I know that? How do I know that my wife loves the gifts? By the way, she doesn't. <laughs> she loves time, quiet, good time together. Spending time together. This is another language. It can be service. Some other spouse would like you serve him or you serve her, you see. Something that you don't have to do, but you did it to make life easier for her or for him. Serving others. That's knowing your flock. We're all unique. And every one of us has a special things that makes him happy. Instead of studying ourselves what we need, we must know our flock. We must know our people must know our children, we must know our spouses, so that we study them to see what makes them happy. What makes them happy. And then you give it to them. In other words, this is exactly what the Lord is says, says when he says, you must deny yourself. You see, I deny myself in order to make the other person happy. How do I do that? I do it intelligently. I try to study the person in front of me and try to give them what is needed, you see. So many small, simple principles, we forget them in our lives and we cry later on saying, why this thing didn't happen to me? Why I'm miserable? Why my children is saying we are, we are bored, we hate you. Why this, why? Please, let us make it a rule that we start from now. 
to make our life disciplined, safe, and nice, so that our homes will be quiet and be you'll be able to worship God in it and to do constructive things and everyone will know exactly where he stands. Let us make our churches the same way so we'll be disciplined. You see? We love to be with God. But God is a God of peace and not chaos. Ilah salam wa laysa ilah tashwish. I said it in, in Arabic because some of you may know it better in Arabic. Everything has to be done in intelligence because God gave us the brains to be intelligent and gave us the spirit to be loving. So if you put the intelligence with the love, we become living in paradise and we can attain the eternal life, you see. Now, when you also try to be knowledgeable about the people that you know, it takes an effort. And if you want to know your child, or you want to know your wife, or you want to know your husband, how can you do it with correspondence? How can you do it and when you don't spend time with each other? You know, there are studies that tell us now that the communication between a husband and wife, between a husband and wife in the United States today, when I say communication, means meaningful communication. And I will, I will define that in a minute. But meaningful communication between a husband and wife in the American society today is close to 57 minutes per week. Per week. Now, what do I mean by meaningful communication? communication? That doesn't mean that you, uh, the superficial communication, say, Hi, how are you? Good morning. Uh, who is going to take the garbage out today? What are we going to buy today? This is all superficial things, business-like. Who's taking the kids to school? Uh, what's the weather today? This is all superficial. But meaningful communication, you sit down and you start pouring your heart to the other one, telling them stories that from inside you, or opinions, or asking them their opinions. Sit down and have a good time. I am afraid to tell you that we don't have good time with each other. And we try by every possible way to avoid one another by the internet, by the telephones, by the television, by, 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 so many things. Please let us return back to the basic things human beings should have. We must know, what does it say here again? Let's read it. Be diligent to know the state of your flocks and attend to your herds. This is not going to happen instantaneously by just a command. 
It only comes by giving each other quality time. Give your kids a quality time. Do you spend time around the Bible? Many times I ask this question, what do I do? My kids say, it's boring, Dad. Well, you know who's boring? The dad and the mom that are boring, not the kids. Because if they are bored, they are bored. What's the reason for being bored? The, the Bible is not boring. The spiritual life is not boring. We are making it boring for the kids. Please use your, use your imagination and we all can help one another to become very unboring. How's that for uh, English? Huh? Means they love to be around you. Love to be around the Bible. Act the story. Give them several things to, to ask and you engage them. Don't make it boring and talk about the problems of the day that they met. Have this hour to be the most successful hour in the day. That they come around you, around the Bible, read the Bible, pray together and have fun together. And you must have fun with the, with, with, with the family. Not one is going somewhere to make money and the, the kids are trying to... doesn't work. doesn't work. The family must be together. Again, I say it again and again because it's a phenomenon now that people are doing their best to stay away from one another with the excuse that things are expensive now and we must do this and... Believe me, all these kids went to Africa and they saw the nice little huts with people who have absolutely nothing. And they are happy and they are singing, they are praising God and they also are generous and giving us from what they have. Right? Why? This is how God created human beings and made them like that. But why are we now imitating the society around us instead of being uh, uh, salt to the earth, light to the world? Why can't we be? Why do we have to take the bad things of the society? We shouldn't. We should be people of God. People of God that know exactly how to behave in raising our children and also how to know each other so that the reason we know each other that we make the others happy. Not me, it's me, 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 no. You like to give. It is better to give than it's... Uh, it's uh, <laughs> 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 so 
It's very important for us as a society and as a families of the good couple Christians to show once more that we are people of God, people of the Bible. By the way, I want you to know that I heard uh, from Focus on the Family that they, for a few years now, and I told some group of you, there is the uh, October 4th, for, for four years now, they say, back to school with the Bible. Day. October 4th. They started that telling the children of Christian families to take their Bible to the school. You may think that that's against the uh, Constitution. It's not. You are afforded to be able to have free speech, and that's given to you by the First Amendment. The only thing is, you cannot read your Bible in the classroom, but in the downtown, outside the classroom, you can read the Bible to yourself, you can read it to anybody, you can do anything you want. You see? So, the first year they had about a couple of thousand kids did that. In three years, last year, they have a half a million children went to school on October 4th with their Bible. And it was very successful because they were able to read passages from the Bible and discuss it with other children. And many children were actually very happy to see the Bible and to hear about the Bible. And these are people of God. They have read the Bible in their homes and they want others to hear. And we cannot be uh, ashamed or embarrassed about our Christianity. We are in a country that affords us freedom in spite of all what you hear. So therefore, we as Christians, after we put all this in our children, encourage them to go and reclaim and proclaim the word of God and the Bible. By the way, the Bible, many places now consider it as something of old, something is not uh, true and not to even bother with. But we're Christians. We must tell them, tell the world about our Christianity. This is the utmost of doing our jobs in our families, to be able to witness outside. You see? هقول الكلام اللي قلته كله بالعربي تاني. عشان اللي فاهم انجليزي وفاهم عربي يسمع برضه ما يقراش حاجه. يقول لك ايه من يمنع عصاه يمقت ابنه وان احبه يطلب التاديب. دي الايه الاولانيه. اولادنا يجب لاننا نحبهم يجب ان احنا نؤدبهم. نجاح التاديب يجب ان يرتكز على المحبة في السنين الأولى المحبة الدافئة هناك طرق للتربية وللتأديب 
لازم لضمان النجاح يجب ان نكون ثابتين يعني كونسيستنت ها وملتزمين قاعده النجاح تبدا بالمحبه القويه الوثيقه حتى بعد ذلك الطفل او التين ايجر متعلم ان هو يحترم ويسمع الكلام قواعد التاديب يجب ان نكون حازمين لا نتغير في ارائنا حتى نعطي راحه وسلام للطفل الاوامر يجب ان تكون محدده ومعقوله يمكن تنفيذها ولا يجب ان نتاكد من انه بيعمل ايه الاوامر اللي احنا قلناها الجزء الثاني اللي هو بيقول معرفه اعرف حال غنمك واجعل قطيعك الى واجعل قد مطلبك الى قطعانك انا لا مؤاخذه حتى القراءه ما بعرفش اقراها رب الولد في طريقه فمتى شاخ لا يحيد عنه طبعا طريقه يعني طريقه هو تشوف هو عاوز ايه وتعمله يجب ان تتعرف بقدر الامكان على شخصيه الطفل او الزوجه او الزوج او الاخ او الاخت لا يمكن ان تصل الى هذا بطريقه سطحيه او بالمراسله يجب ان تقضي وقت كافي مع احبائك في منزلك حتى تستطيع ان تتوصل الصداقه ونحترم بعضنا بعضا الوالدين الاذكياء هم الذين يستطيعون ان يكتشفوا مميزات اطفالهم وينموها ويتعاملوا بطريقه مريحه اظن تقريبا نص الكنيسه مشي سابوا الكنيسه وراحوا يذاكروا <تصفيق> وانا خلصت وارجو ان يكون الكلام اللي قلناه ده في فايده لينا ولارواحنا وما زلنا برضو بنتعلم من الست العذراء لان في حاجات كتيره هي كانت بتعملها لكن احنا النهارده بنتكلم على التاديب وبنتكلم على معرفه بعضنا بعضا ولربنا المجد دائما ابدا امين